And MLM Rebel is a new breed of network marketer, smarter, truly independent, and free. MLM Rebels wage war against the soul-sucking corporate world and against networkers who would rather preserve doctrine than helping people get results. MLM Rebels recognize when the world changes and changes with it. MLM Rebels don't believe in duplicating things that no longer work and would rather work without a safety net than within the confines of one. MLM Rebels are only involved in opportunities that give everyone an equal playing field instead of a top-heavy one. We don't care about the sacred cows of MLM, we don't care about the industry, and we do not care about the way it's always been done. We care about people following their gut. We care about people being able to quit their jobs now. We care about people being with their family instead of their boss every day. We care about people being with their family instead of their team all day. We care about people living free. We believe a truly free networker has multiple streams of income. We believe a truly free networker's creativity isn't shackled by their company's contract. We believe a truly free network marketer actually knows how to market and that they run their business like a real business. MLM Rebels prioritize faith, family, business, sacrifice sacred cows, build their own empires, never rebel against each other, and change the world. MLM Rebels know they are not confined by doctrine, not stifled by the past, and know they are one business away. My name is Zach Spear, and welcome to MLM Rebels. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hope you're doing well. Wanted to get you a podcast here about... Um, advancement and about not feeling guilty about making money and doing well and things like that. Because um, a couple things have come up in the past few days that have just caused me to want to share this with you. Um, and by the way, if you can hear my kids in the background, they're uh, playing in the playing in this uh, little pool right now, but I'm a little bit away from them. So we have a group uh, called Rebels Elite and it's our, it's our, highest end program and we have a really, really high success rate in that group. And one of the gals in there, um, she just really launched, you know, a few months ago and she's been starting to do, uh, pretty well. Like last month she did like 42,000 in revenue. Um, she was doing zero when she started with us. And, uh, this month, like it's, as I'm recording this, it's the fifth, I think it's the fifth day of the month or the sixth day of the month. And by the third day of the month, she had already done another $6,000. Um, and so she's really starting to pick up some steam. And there's a few things that she's working through. But one of the things that I could tell was bothering her was how much money she was making with very little effort, you know, uh, comparatively than what she's used to. So she used to be a top earner in a company. She's making a couple hundred thousand. And so, you know, 42000 was the first that she's ever produced from a revenue perspective. And she worked way less hard than when she was like a traditional top earner because, you know, you already know, but like traditional network marketing, if you're going to make twenty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 a month, you know, you're going to grind your way there really hard. You're going to have to be available a lot for your team, if not 24-7, and you're going to feel like you earned every bit of that. Um, and she, you know, just made a lot. Uh, for her and didn't have to work nearly as hard as she's used to. And so I could tell there's this level of guilt. And so I started to speak with her about that. And um, and the next thing that kind of uh, inspired this was I, I was listening to a podcast just this morning from a guy named Myron Golden, if you've ever heard of him. He's a He's, uh, I don't actually know a lot about his business, but he's got a, he's got a, a business or a course or a product called like, I think it's called Bible success secrets or something like that. Um, and so he teaches a lot about success. He's a really good marketer, teaches a lot about success and, and teaches, you know, 
success principles from the Bible. So uh, pretty cool stuff. And um, every time I've ever heard him, I've really liked him. And uh, Russell Brunson is a huge fan of him and I know they're buddies. And anyway, so I was listening to Myron this morning <clears throat> and I don't know him. I don't know him. I don't even know his content that well, but, uh, but some of the stuff that he has shared, I've, I really, really like, and I've actually, you know, used it before. And one of the things that um, he was talking about in which I, 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 I kind of shared this with this gal in different terms, but I shared something else with her, which I'll share here in a sec. But Myron talks about a lot of people feel guilty about doing well because they believe the lie of the economic pie. Uh, they believe it's a zero-sum game. Like if you, if you, if you, you know, eat something, then nobody else can have any more of that pie, right? Or if you make some money, that means other people can't make it. And he basically says, like, that's a, that's a lie, and I totally believe that, that the that production that you create doesn't take away from anybody. And, and that when, when God started everything, he put man in the garden, right? He put woman in the garden. And what does a garden do? Well, as you consume things, it continues to grow. So, you know, if you eat an apple, there's how many seeds in an apple, right? However many there are, 10, I don't know, whatever. There's 10 seeds in an apple. Well, when you throw that apple core away, those seeds then can what? Create apple trees. There's somebody that said, I don't actually know the guy's name, but any man can count the number of seeds in an apple, but only God can count the number of trees in, an, in a seed. So that's a pretty cool way to look at it, right? And it's totally true. Uh, another example that Myron gave in the kind of in the real world is <clears throat> you have a you have a phone, right? You, you have an iPhone, maybe. So you have apps on that iPhone. Well, you had to buy that iPhone, right? And when you bought that iPhone, that spurred the production of apps in the app store and the people that made those apps. It spurred on pop sockets and phone cases and screen protectors and so on and repairs and all these things. So the production and Apple making money on the iPhones has opened up massive opportunity for what? For more production. So when you produce, so when this gal produces, she's not taking away from anyone, right? Clearly she's not. She's providing a product and a service to them so that they can you know, do what they need to do with their product and service and so on and so forth. They can make more money. They can create opportunity for themselves, etc. So when you produce, it doesn't take away from anybody. It actually helps them produce. And minimally, what's going to happen is you're going to take the funds and you're going to what? You're going to consume, essentially consume those, fu- those funds. You're going to trade those things, those funds for what? For someone else's production. So it's going to spur on more production. So once again, the economic pie, the zero-sum game, zero sum game that if you were to eat a piece of the pie, no one else can have it, is not true. I can bring this down into uh, a bit more even like logical, right? Um, which is, you know, you probably are aware that if you're not, it's, you know, there's a, there's a really great YouTube series. It's old now. It's like 10 years old. It's a really great YouTube series out there called The Hidden Secrets of Money by a guy named Mike Maloney. And he literally teaches about how our money system like actually works. And the bottom line of it is that money is printed out of nowhere. Okay, there is no cap to the government printing money. Now, I think it's insanity what they're doing, but that's just the way it's currently working. So um, even if there was a cap, and even if we were still backed by the gold standard, uh, we would still be in a garden type economic system. 
but we are in a like, let's call it like a supercharged garden right now. Um, now I have a lot of problems with uh, the way that it's operating, but the point is the government just freaking prints money out of nowhere uh, whenever we need some. Case in point, just if you you know go watch that YouTube series or just go look at the uh, the currency in circulation since 20 years ago, or if you want a really big uh, kind of reality check, look at it since COVID. It is absolutely insane. The point is the government just prints more money out of thin air every single day. And that means that your production, you making more, doesn't take away from anybody whatsoever because it literally is a garden type economic system. Okay, so that's number one. Number two is, this is another thing that I talked with her about, is some people feel like, I mean, I make a lot more than you know, maybe uh, someone that works for me. And this is something that I, I, I still sometimes deal with, right? Um, or maybe somebody that um, was on my team, right? I still feel these things sometimes. And it took me a long time. It actually took me years to kind of unwind this stuff. And I mean, I actually talked about it many, 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 many times. Because what would happen is if I wasn't doing that good, or if I was losing money, I would feel uh, crappy, right? Because you're, you're losing money. Like nobody likes to do that, right? And so you're feeling horrible. You're feeling anxious. Uh, you're wondering if there's enough money before the end of the month runs out, so on and so forth. Um, but then on the flip side of the coin, when you're in abundance, I would feel guilty. And Ashley was like, Zach, you, you, you got to pick one. <laughs> like, are you going to feel bad all the time? Or are you going to like, which one are you going to do? I'm like, well, I don't want to do either of these. She's like, well, then you, you can't. And so what we, we talked about this and, and, and here's some of the solutions that I came to. Number one is, of course, what I just told you. That's a big one. In fact, I think that's the foundation of all of this. Number two is let's look at this from an employee relationship for a moment. You know, let's say the owner is making 20 times more than an employee. Should you feel bad as the owner? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer for you, and I believe the answer is no. Why? Because as the owner, I have an uncapped downside. I have an uncapped upside, but I have an uncapped downside. I could literally lose everything, right? Like I could lose every bit of every dollar that we have. I could lose the house. I could, I could lose all of it. I could lose everything, right? Because I have an uncapped downside. I'm putting everything at risk, including reputation. <clears throat> That's what every owner does. What about an employee? What are they putting at risk? Literally, the only thing they're putting at risk is their time. That's the only thing that they would lose. They would lose their time. And I could argue that they're actually gaining experience at whatever role that they're in, that they can simply take that experience and go trade their time at a different job with probably nothing more than a few weeks of lost pay. So the employee is risking virtually nothing. The owner is risking everything. And when I talk about risk, I'm talking about three types of risk. One is financial, okay? So when you're an owner of something, you are risking, you're risking your finances, your own personal, because at the end of the day, if your business finances run out, what are you going to do? You're probably going to put your personal finances into the business, right? No employee would ever do that. I don't have a single employee that would literally take money from their own personal bank account and put it into the business that they wouldn't do it. And most businesses won't, don't have anybody like that. <clears throat> so we're putting financial risk. That's the first risk. The second risk is reputational risk right? I think that one's obvious. If you fail, now, now I don't believe this is that big of a deal, by the way. I don't think any of these risks are back, uh, that big of a deal. But the second one is reputational risk. The, th- the third one is operational risk, right? It's, it's like, as an example, um, this could be 
misconstrued as capital risk, by the way. But as an example, you know, um, I've got a sales guy that's been breaking even for two months, uh, or excuse me, I've been breaking, uh, for the past like six months overall, he's been breaking even. He hasn't been making us any money, but he's bringing in some. But the way that it works is we spent like $80,000 on this person in the terms of, in terms of ads and uh, in terms of their pay and in terms of um, the cost of goods sold. So he spent like 80 grand or whatever it is, right? Well, he's also brought in roughly $80,000. So he hasn't technically lost any of the, he hasn't technically lost any of the company money, but as a salesperson, we don't know when that money's coming in. Like we don't know, is this guy gonna sell anything? Is he not gonna sell anything? So we're putting money at risk in the forms of ads, putting money at risk in terms of his, in terms of his pay, over and over and over again and hoping that it comes back. And that right there is called operational risk. We could put 30 grand out and not see it come back yet. And it's like, oh, whew, it came back. So when you look at it from a macro perspective, it's like, oh, well, he's breaking even. It's fine. You can leave him. It's like, well, why would I put myself through something for nothing? Like literally the only thing that anyone's getting out of it is like this guy has a job, which, you know, he should go be at a job where he's producing or he should fix his behavior here. Does that make sense? So that's operational risk because I'm putting a bunch of time, effort, people's, uh, employees' time, uh, money, and reputation out on the line. I want to get a return from that, right? Nobody invests in real estate to get a 0% return. Like I'd rather just keep cash because it's more liquid, right? I can spend it whenever I want. I have to wait for the property to sell. I'm not going to put out $100,000 a year on a, on a salesperson only to break even because I could just keep the hundred grand and never put it at risk in the first place. So if you're putting all this risk out there, yeah, it's okay if you have a much larger upside because it's not just about time. I had a, a, a revenue share partner in the business at one time and he didn't, he didn't get this. He didn't understand this. He was uh, fully stuck in the fact that his time, he thought his time was worth the same as the capital and operational risk and the reputational risk. And that's absolutely not true. Because if that's true, then he would have done the same thing. But instead, he was attaching himself to our business, which is fine. Revenue share partners are fantastic. I have no problem with them. And the only thing I have a problem with is when they think they're equal, right? Or they think that they should be paid the same. Now, anyway, that's kind of uh, off topic here. The point is, to all of this is, uh, number one, as the business owner, you're taking all the risk. And so you should be okay with being rewarded when you get rewarded because there will be times, I promise you, there will be times, no matter how good your business does, where you will get kicked straight in the groin and, it, and, and you're going to get kicked when you're down and people are going to come at you um, from every different angle, right? <clears throat> Legal, complaining, reputational stuff, finance stuff, the whole shebang, no matter how squeaky clean you are, you will get kicked when you're down. You get kicked and you get kicked when you're down and you're going to lose money. And so no one's going to come to save you when that happens. So when you're in abundance, don't feel bad. I'm speaking to myself as much as I'm speaking to you right now. The second thing is remember we're in a garden type economy, not a, as Myron says, a bakery economy, right? Where when a piece of the pie is consumed, no one else gets to have any. Is it making sense? All right. Um, Anyway, I want to be, uh, I think I say this almost every podcast because I'm literally doing a podcast every couple of weeks. I do want to spend some more time with you guys uh, throughout the rest of this year um, on the podcast and, uh, and things like that. Um, this month, we're doing Black Friday a little bit different. Um, so in the past, we'd essentially built up towards Black Friday and then we do Black Friday from Thanksgiving to Cyber Monday. This year, um, we actually have Black Friday going on the entire month. Um, so starting in November, uh, I think November 3rd, we opened it. The Black Friday sales open for all of Rebels. So I'm not going to get into it right now. Um, but if you are interested in a Rebels program, go to blackfridaymlm.com. You can learn more about it. Basically, 
You go to blackfridaymlm.com, you join a free Facebook group um, called Rebels Black Friday. And in there, I have a, a probably the most in-depth free training I've ever done um, for Black Friday. So even if you don't participate in the sale in any, in any way, uh, you can still get a really, 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 really good training. Uh, probably literally the best I've ever done f- from a free perspective. Um, you can get that and watch all that. And then if you are interested in a Rebels program, you can take the next steps from there. Um, but uh, with all that said, the final thing I'll mention, if you're interested in the Black Friday uh, stuff, is there is uh, what we're calling an urgency calendar. And what that means is we have four bonuses throughout the month of November. And if you enrolled the first week of November, you get all four bonuses. If you roll the second week, you get three and so on and so forth. And the bonuses are really, 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 really good. The purpose of this is obviously to get you to move. Um, And then secondly, well, it's to get you to move (laughs) because uh, one is I'm human too. And I remember two years ago for a Black Friday sale, um, I literally waited for the till the very last day to actually make my purchases that I was trying to make because I'm human too. But there's something called opportunity cost. And every, every day that you don't do something, it actually costs you money. It's, it's, it, you, you won't be able to see it right yet. But like case in point, that gal I mentioned that made 42000 last month, that's like roughly, I don't know, 1200 1400 bucks a day, something like that. So for every day she doesn't, she didn't move forward. She was costing herself $1,400 a day. Does that make sense? So one, I know the cost of an opportunity. I know opportunity costs, and so I want to prevent you from that. And then secondly, what typically happens, no matter how many warnings I give about that, people usually wait till the last minute, or I shouldn't say people, but a lot of people wait till the last minute, and my team gets completely freaking destroyed. And so a lot of people don't actually get to make their enrollments uh, during Black Friday because we don't get to them until after Cyber Monday, which there's no extensions. And so I'm trying to uh, like sp- like like spread the enrollments um, throughout the month rather than like having like a kajillion people enroll in like four days. So anyway, uh, all that being said, you guys, love you all. Have an amazing day and talk to you soon.